let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Back for another edition of Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee from Elevated Retirement Group. And we're going to talk about the grass being greener on the other side. Uh, on our podcast prior to Thanksgiving, we kind of talked about being thankful for advisors and, and uh, you know, that are doing a good job for you and being appreciative of the of the attributes and things that they're bringing to the table. This question, this podcast is about, you know, maybe it's time to find a new one uh, and just some things to ponder before you make that move in case it's not always greener on the other side. We've all experienced that in life, Sean, I think, right? So at some point or other, whatever it might be, we've left something, gone to something else and been like, oh, I wish I still had that or I wish I was still there. Even if it's something as simple as like a car or whatever, right? You got rid of a car and you got something else. You're like, oh man, I missed my car. It was better, you know, or whatever the case is. How you doing? Or that envy from afar. Right. There you go. Yeah. 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 You doing doing all right? Yeah, man. We're doing great. Yeah. How was your holiday? It was awesome. Fantastic. It was awesome. It's always good. So let's talk about this scenario a little bit uh, because, you know, people do need second opinions, right? We get them for our health. We certainly can get them for our wealth as well. And some scenarios where, you know, maybe there are legitimate reasons for bouncing on your advisor and, and going someplace else. Maybe not. Uh, let's start with the first one, making a mistake. If the financial advisor made a mistake and they admit it themselves, they're like, yeah, I, I, I messed this up. Um, and here's the reasons why, but it did cost you money. Is that kind of grounds for shopping and going looking someplace else? I mean, humans make mistakes. Things happen. I, to me, this this might be a severity of the mistake, and it, clearly them acknowledging that it was their fault goes a long way, but I think the severity of the mistake carries some weight too. Yeah, I, I think that there's a couple of components to this because you said, I mean, we're all people, we're all humans. Humans tend to make mistakes. Mistakes happen, but it's, it's, I think in, in the finance side, it's okay. If a mistake was made, what's the severity of the mistake and what's the, the solution to rectify the mistake, right? Cause there's, right. if, if you make a mistake and you admit it, that's one thing, but work working to find a solution to rectify the mistake, I think is it tells a lot about the person and how how they truly feel about if the advisor made the mistake and they're working to rectify it, find a solution. That means that it means they care, right? They care about you as an individual. They want they want to make things right within the confines of whatever you know the parameters of the laws and regulations and things like that. But if there's not if there's not any of that, oh well, hey, made the mistake, my bad, right? And, and there's no. You know, remorse. Well, that's a <laughs> right. that's a problem, right? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Because who's to say that the mistake's not going to happen again? Yeah, very true. Are there systems in place to kind of prevent yeah. that mistake from happening again? You know, was it a systems error the first time, uh, and then was that corrected? You know, that kind of stuff. So, well, and and if it's a mistake along the lines of, hey, this form for, was supposed to be sent out, or your team didn't live up to their word, or whatever it may be, like that's a training mistake. Like that's something that I, as a, the advisor, as the owner of the firm, I can go back to our team and say, Hey, this is what happened. This is what you didn't do correctly. And how do we rectify that? Right. That's now good point. on the other, on the flip side, if there's a big planning mistake, that's my fault or whatever it may be, how you rectify those mistakes matters. 
yeah. and shows the, the type of person that you are. Okay. So, I mean, it could be could certainly be a reason to go shopping for a new advisor. Uh, it could also be a reason for just kind of a growth thing. Again, I think the severity of it goes a long way in that, too, uh, the level of money that was lost. So that's one uh, one area to think about. Here's another one. Um, maybe the uh, the business has, has gotten too big, Sean. You know, I'm not sure, you know, how you guys have grown through the years, but let's just say, like, think about a boutique firm versus like some, you know, big massive firm, right? Uh, some people start out with a boutique firm, it grows, and it grows to the point where they no longer see the individual advisor they started with, right? They've been with them a while. Now it's always a junior advisor, or an associate. And some people feel frustrated by that. They think, well, this is not for me, it's time to move on. And I feel like that kind of we have to ask ourselves as the client, what kind of uh, interaction do I want? Some people want to go to a big box or a big place or a giant firm that's got a, a building and you know 27 employees right off the bat, and others do not. So you have to ask yourself that question first, I think, before you just go shifting around. My practice when I first started, it was it was Corey and I, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know who was Corey handles all of our marketing here and. And as we've grown now, there's, you know, there's 13 of us that just in this office alone. Right. And unfortunately, duties, responsibilities change. Mm-hmm. Um, every plan that I built, I still have a handle in. Uh, I may not be the initial voice in the, in the reviews, or I may be. A lot of that depends on, on what's needed in the plan, the comfort level with our clients and, and so on. But there's some comfortability there in our, in our firm that if something ever happened to me, if I, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, the plans still continue to work because we have built that team around us. We've got advisors. And, and quite honestly, you know, one of our, our newer advisors that are with us, Daniel, he's, he's got more credentials than I do. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Because if you are with a really small boutique firm, it's just maybe just the one person, right? Right. Maybe it's a husband and wife team or, you know, something like that. You know, what is their succession plan in the event of, you know, something happening? Because let's be honest, I mean, a bus can come out of anywhere for anybody at any time. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And the chances of all of us getting hit by a bus at the same time are pretty slim, (laughs) but terrible. Oh, I mean, yeah. Who knows? You know, and so that's why I want to have really competent younger people around me um, yeah, that's that point. are highly credentialed that work with me day in and day out that if something ever happens to me, well, we've got a CFP that's going to step right in and take care of your plan. There you go. Yeah, that's a great point. So if you're thinking about shopping for a new advisor because they're the person you're working with firm got bigger, again, that's that's a great example of maybe the grass is greener, maybe it's not. So, right. yeah, definitely think that one through a little bit. Uh, what about the dim- dinner seminar? You know, it's been a rough year. 22 has been a rough year. A lot of, uh, obviously, the COVID restrictions and stuff were, you know, mostly gone everywhere. So a lot of people were out back out on the trail doing the dinner events and so on and so forth. And, you know, maybe somebody went to went to one and, and they, they found it really, you know, fun and engaging and entertaining. And they kind of felt like, well, maybe I have more of a, uh, you know, I, they, I don't know, they felt more impacted than they do with their current advisor. Is it a reason to switch just because you went to one dinner event and you had a good time? <laughs> I don't think that that's a reason. Okay. Um, you know, it's like, hey, this was a great event. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> what about all the other components, right? Right. And now if if they went to that event and then they, they met with the advisor and that advisor added a ton more value than we could provide, that may be a reason. But if it's 
hey, this guy was funny. He told some jokes. Like I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty funny guy too. <laughs> yeah, right? hopefully that's not the case, right? You know, but I, I know the substance that our that our plans have behind them. I know how they're built. Um, you know, we the, all the tax planning and everything that we do. You know, hopefully the work that we do outside of you know, the social aspect speaks for speaks for itself. Now. I can't always control the connection that somebody has with somebody else. Like that's, that's just not how the world works. Yeah. So if there's a a really strong drawn connection, then great. But you also have to think a little bit about, well, if my clients went to a dinner seminar, there's a reason for it. There, there's something that they're missing. That's what, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, if you went to one, why did you go to one in the first place? If you're working with someone, right? So you obviously felt like something was not quite right. Right. So to me, that's probably more weight than the actual, Hey, I had a great time at the event. Yeah. There's a missing component in my plan that I'm not getting that I'm searching for. Yeah. Or, or the communication or something. There's something about the overall, uh, relationship that's not checking a box. And as the client, and I'm the kind of the client advocate on this side of the mic, it's like, well, have you brought it up? Sometimes I think people, mm-hmm. we've gotten into the state of this state of the world where we either immediately argue about everything or we avoid things because we're afraid of yet another argument, right? And so it's like if you're having a problem with your financial professional um, in any shape or form, whether it's a, whether you think it's a small problem or it's a big problem, are you communicating that? Are you saying, hey, listen, I, I don't feel like I'm getting the information on X, Y, or Z that I would like because they can't address it if they don't know. Right. You know? So right. that's kind of my take. Anyway, there's personal responsibility. I think we, I think we can all agree we've got to get back to more and more of that in, uh, you know, in, in our lives, right? Exactly. So, uh, okay. Uh, next one here on the list, Sean. You know, I like I like the advisor. Okay. Um, you know, it's a really I really enjoyed working with them. They've done a great job. But I'm moving. Like I'm moving across the country. Is it still okay to work with them, or should you be looking for someone local? To me, I think that's kind of almost like the same thing we just said. Are they doing a good job? Because telecommunications has certainly changed a lot of things. And certainly, you know, one silver lining to COVID, if any, was that people got more comfortable with that. But also, like, unless you need the handshake, is there any real reason that you can't work with your advisor if you move to Florida and they're in California, for example? COVID proved a lot of things. Right. And, you know, I'm a big believer. I've talked about this. I actually talked about this pre-COVID that there will be a point in time where people will search out the right advisor for their situation, not necessarily the advisor that is closest to them geographically. Yeah. And and COVID proved that. COVID proved that hey, you could do Zoom meetings, you can you can get the same type of planning with somebody via through your computer and camera than you could get by sitting down and seeing them face to face. Now that is that seeing them face to face valuable? Sure. Sure. Yeah. But at the same point in time, we've got multiple clients now that are that are moving throughout the country, whether it's Oklahoma or Florida or, or Washington or you know, Massachusetts or, you know, Ohio, whatever it may be, that our relationship is virtual. Mm-hmm. And they're still getting the same review cycle. They're still getting all the same planning. Uh, we just don't happen to be in the same in the neighborhood room right (laughs) yeah yeah and we're seeing that more and more now if i look at you know new families that our advisors are meeting with about half of those are are just saying hey let's let's meet via zoom 
Well, and I think we once we got over that hurdle of the fear, right? I mean, there's secure portals for transferring the information. I think we've all gotten fairly, you know, finally gotten comfortable with the fact that, I mean, I think about my own wife a number of years ago. She was like, I'll never online bank, right? And then, you know, a few years later, she's like, everything she does is online. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I think we unfortunately, we all kind of start to adapt. And I think the same things happen there with the financial conversation. There's secure portals for doing all the stuff back and forth. And in some ways, it's kind of cool because, yeah, you are on your computer. You're uh, sitting at home. You're together with the spouse or whatever. You're comfortable. You're in your environment. And you're screen sharing. And you're they're being able to kind of show you and illustrate what's going on. And granted, you could do that in, in together as well, right, with, with you know paperwork and televisions in the office. But there's still – I think there's – Again, it kind of goes back to the um, the size of the firm kind of question we just had. What makes you the most comfortable? If you need to have that hands-on, shake somebody's hand kind of thing every single time, then yeah, maybe you you want to look for someone who's local. But if your advisor firm has been doing a good job uh, and you've moved, there's no real reason why you can't continue that relationship. Well, and think about this component too. It, I'm fortunate my office is 10 minutes from my house, but we work with with families that are up in the Ogden area. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with families that are in St. George, which is you know 280 miles away. Um, even around the Valley, you're probably 20, 25 minutes to get to the office. Now, if you're looking at round trip, that's in 40 to minutes to an hour of time that you've saved. That's true. And gas. And gas. In a time when inflation stinks. So and yeah, gas yeah. prices are high. So there you go. Drive, yeah. you, drive diesel, you're paying six bucks a gallon. That's right. Lots of, lot, so a lot of components. Again, grass is greener. Eh, maybe, maybe not. And then the final one, Sean, is uh, the market You know, turn uh, downturn. Obviously, 22 has been volatile. Uh, your portfolio went into the tank. I don't think that's a reason. A little different than the first one where we said, hey, they made a mistake and they owned up to it kind of thing. This is just the nature of the beast, right? Again, I feel like as the the client advocate or the it's kind of on us sometimes too. And 2021 and 2022 are very interesting years to be stacked next to each other uh, from a financial standpoint because 21, the markets were straight up, right? And you were loving the risk. Most of us mm-hmm. were loving that risk. In 22, it's been a nightmare if you were risk, you know, had your allocation, your portfolio the wrong way. Did you bring that up? Did you say, "Hey, I'm worried about it"? Did your advisor, right? Have they had? Do they have you in the right portfolio for the time of life you're in? So it could be a reason if you've lost a ton in the market this year. However, you know it's a two way street. I feel like I was just recently speaking with Chris in our office about this, and and there are actually people that we will step away from mm-hmm. if they're focused on returns, loss, returns, losses. On the upside, on the downside. And the reason that's the case is that... Too fixated? Yeah, it's because if they're going to come over to us, for example, based on you know whatever reason, they're primarily focused on returns. Now, don't get me wrong. Returns are important. Sure. But they're also going to jump ship and leave our relationship for the next guy who promises them higher returns. That's a, oh, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And, and so now we're, we're... You're chasing returns, not value in, in a... Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And if if we're only perceived as the value we bring in up markets or mm-hmm. down markets, that's not the right fit client for us. So when we start to look at you know the ups and downs in the market, this has been a terribly difficult year. I completely understand that. I'm very empathetic about it. I've lost money personally as sure. well. Right. But the majority of our clients understand that where we've placed assets in in various buckets are 
all doing different things at different times, and they're all working towards the end goal, which is to create some form of income stream down the road to take care of retirement. That's really what we're focused on. And as long as the plan works, yeah. we can weather storms. And we've had conversations before about that, right? So to use the baseball analogies that we like to use, since that's uh, your other passion, is it, you know if you're constantly trying to swing for a home run, you're also going to be leading the league in strikeouts. It's just yeah. the nature of the beast, right? And so for retirement, why are you chasing a 15% return when seven gets the job done, right? right. Because with that 15 comes the extra risk. When you could get seven and not, and I'm just throwing out numbers, folks, and uh, no real you know reason, just you know, kind of as an illustration. But if seven gets the job done with way less risk, why are you chasing fifteen with infinitely more risk? It just seems that's yeah, that's a great way of breaking that down. If you're chasing returns, then it you know you've got to find you. You may never find the right firm because you're not looking for a plan. You're looking for returns. Exactly. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, good conversation here about uh, the grass is greener. It's not always. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. So ask yourself some of those questions. Really think it through. Um, I guess the beauty of some of that is is that most firms do offer those complimentary reviews. So if you do want to have a second opinion, there's nothing wrong with that. But before you jump ship, make sure it's for the right reasons. And if you've got those questions, reach out to Sean and the team. Find them online at elevatemyretirement.com. That's elevatemyretirement.com. No cost or obligation to have a consultation of your own, but you got to get on the calendar. So you either call them or stop by the website. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like. It's Retirement Elevated. And you can find us on Apple's uh, search box. Like you go in there and just open it up, type in Retirement Elevated. You can find it that way. Or again, you can just find it on the website, elevatemyretirement.com. Sean, thanks for hanging out, my friend. It's into December, so time to get the Christmas shopping underway. I hope you have a great couple of weeks. I'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. We'll see you next time here on the podcast, Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.